There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We're back. We've been off for a while, but we're back. Yeah, the doctors the... the doctors have always said that we've been a little off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're we're back now. We're back. Hey, if you didn't know already, this is Oh a Sopranos Podcast. Uh, as always, my name is Joe Spellman and this is David Feudernick. And this is Paul Golius. And we're talking episode season two, episode twelve. The Knight in White Satin Armor. Ooh. You got it this time. And, yeah. yeah, good for you. You did your homework. Whoa. You know what? I, I watched the episode right before this. <laughs> wow. Um, the, the hiatus so, has really sharpened your intro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know it's always sharp. Um, I'm in tight, man. With us today is actor, writer, stand-up comedian, uh, my neighbor, Lou DiMaggio. Hello. Oh. 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 <laughs> Do you like the title uh, of our of our uh, of our podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, basically. That's obviously for people that you know get it. Right. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> kind of sounds. Of course. To some people, um, that's just oh. Right. Right. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are there are probably a lot of people who think that we got to clarify, you know, for those people. (laughs) That ship has sailed, man. We should have thought about that last year when we came up with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, So so, Lou, um, you know, let's um, want to tell our listeners like, you know, uh, more about you. I mean, um, uh, why don't you why don't you go ahead and say something about yourself? <laughs> say something about myself? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of uh, <clears throat> of how it relates to the Sopranos, or uh, sure, well, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah, sure. I mean, what's your what's do you um what's your what's your experience with the show? I mean, you said you watched it live, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, at the time, and maybe still to this day, it's certainly one of the one of the greatest TV series ever made, right? It's oh, got to be in yeah. the top five, even even with all the shows that have come after it. Yeah. Um, so it was 
at the time, you know, an, an incredible must-see watch when we had to wait a whole week, right? Yeah. And then seasons, uh, hiatuses in between. And uh, they were years I never sometimes. missed an episode. It was, it was amazing. Just couldn't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I, I had the pleasure. These guys are... Uh, saw a little bit of, of it live, but I, I watched most of it live. And I mean, there's going to be nothing like that uh, ever again, which I, no. I loved. I loved waiting for, an, you know, a week for an episode. It was great. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you really would like work your week around it. You'd be, you'd be what am I, what are we going to eat? You know, yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Yep. <laughs> how are we going to, how are we going to lean into tonight's episode? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you're, you're on the right, you're on the right podcast to bring up what to eat. <laughs> oh, okay. it's all we ever talk about is like the food in every scene and stuff because we're <laughs> disgusting monsters yeah so. well we just miss the east coast and all the all the great italian cool. food out there yeah i know it's really it's somewhat available out here but you really gotta pick you gotta really weed through a lot of places to find yeah. and even then it's it's good you know right but it's not like new york where not the york. average corner store is better than the best place here Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But the weather, you can't. <laughs> Come on. Um, it's funny. Lou was just telling us he was using the uh, the quarantine to catch up on some TV shows, and he just watched Breaking Bad for the first time. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you think it stacks up against Sopranos? Because those two are consistently mentioned as like some of the greatest. It's right there, man. <laughs> I agree. Right I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. You know, I, I couldn't even. That's like saying, you know, what do you like better? Uh, I don't, you know, some, well, no, it was not Coke and Pepsi because I like, you know, Coke is obviously better. But um, it's just, they're, they're both really great. Uh, I can't yeah. really, I couldn't really pick one over the other. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't do it. Yeah. It's like great baseball players. Wrong answer, Lou. You're on a Sopranos podcast. <laughs> you know, if I had to pick one. <laughs> Guns your head, Lou. Now I've also I've also watched Breaking Bad more recently, right? That right, 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 right. That, that has a lot to do with it. Because well, I, I, you know, I watched the episode for tonight and I uh I was like, oh my God, I forgot how great right. the show is, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. funny, it holds up 20 years later. It's oh yeah. Uh, yeah. This episode, um, Night in White Satin Armor aired originally April 2nd, the year 2000. Yeah. Wow. Did not realize it was that old. Y2K. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Remember when Y2K hit and uh, all the computers uh, crapped out and the world world fell apart? That was so scary. (laughs) You guys ever see that podcast, listen to that podcast um, about Y2K? It's really great. I mean, I don't want to digress, but if you ever get it, I forget the name of it. That's yeah, we usually, we usually like to tell our listeners to stop listening to us and go listen <laughs> yeah, to some other podcast. It's true. It's true. Well, we can edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave um, it it's in. too much work. Um, <laughs> but um, one thing um, that uh, Lou, uh, well, for our listeners, Lou um, was uh, a uh, big stand-up back in the day in New York. Uh, in the what was it like? Late eighties, early nineties, or something like that, or eighties. Yeah, like from uh, mid eighties through, I would say like started like eighty eighty three and moved out to L A in like eighty nine. So I was in New York doing that during the go go eighties. Go yeah. during the go go eighties. Came up with uh, the likes of people like Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, and uh, you were in uh, another HBO show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
Yes, right. as a matter of fact, I, there's a really great Sopranos connection because if yeah, I'm that's what I wanted to hear. I think Curb was on right before the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was uh, I had a I had a really nice recurring role in season three. I played one of the restaurant investors, and great my season. name great in the season. show was Lou DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember in Sopranos when uh, they're looking for a for a hit a hitman, they want somebody to come from out of town. And Junior says, you call Lou DiMaggio. Yeah. Well, that, ask you about that. the night that that episode was on, and he said that, I was on Curb right after that. So it was one that of those. That is so great. Yeah, that great is so moments. surreal. That's funny. I mean, that, we that's, just, that's wild. We, on our last episode, we taught, I think it was the last episode, we were talking was, about yeah. like what, uh, what like, character a group of characters we would have wanted to see more that we didn't see a lot of and we mentioned those weird people Lou DiMaggio, Lou DiMaggio yeah. and his, <laughs> in, his, in Rhode Island his weird crew up in Rhode Island yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right that's right <laughs> that's funny uh, was he use a baseball bat that was his <laughs> yeah. yeah we're having cake for father yeah so that was uh and I knew some people around it. I had a friend that was in the pilot. Uh, Ed Krasnick was a comedian that I knew very well. He I was played, gonna I ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, so was yeah. He, so he was like a, a New York, 80s New York, uh, like stand-up guy. Yeah, except he started, I think in Boston, he might've been in Boston at the time. He eventually went, worked his way there. He was also in San Francisco. All the, the, the big hubs were LA, New York, Boston, and San Francisco. Those were yeah. the best, you know, um, comedy scenes. Yeah, right. Wait, and he and so he he played. Was he the guy who was doing stand up in the Bing? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Uh, and he said, working with. He goes, first of all, it was insane. The the food, like you can't have people like that and have craft service that anybody <laughs> normal craft service. It was literally. Probably somebody's aunt was doing the cooking or something. Right. I like it was right, legit, right. you know. Yeah. And um, and he said the characters like uh, he goes, you know, Uncle Junior, uh, Johnny Ola, the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Like he would just come up to Ed on the, uh, at the craft service table and go, Ed, want a Twix? I like the Twix. It's a good it's a candy bar. <laughs> Twix. Try it. Have a, have a Twix. That should have been like, like that. So you guys appreciate that, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, I, I love, yeah. I love Uncle Junior Hawk and Twixes. I once had an experience like that at a table read, where I found myself at a, at a table where they had these sandwiches from um, I don't know where they got them from. They were breakfast sandwiches, and uh, I all of a sudden I find myself standing next to Alan Arkin, and you know, like wow, it's freaking Alan Arkin. But this is what mm-hmm. I hear him say: "What do you think the Santa Fe is?" <laughs> it's just all about the sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, you think it's spicy? Uh, okay. Oh, all uh, the all these great. all these legends that are just like weirdos. Yeah. That's that's a dream of mine. Like if I if I like met Robert De Niro, I'd want to talk about like you know the breakfast burritos what, on set. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What was craft services like? Yeah. What was De Niro's <laughs> take on the craft yeah. services? Sure. The sausage was a little spicy. A little spicy. The sausage. <laughs> yeah, really, no, it's a little spicy. A little out of line yourself. My my son worked on a movie because my son is an actor, as Joe knows, and he worked on uh, Daddy's Home Two. 
And so they shot it in Boston. So the guys, the local teamsters in Boston, you know, they have their own stories. And they said that they they called sarcastically, they called De Niro the cheese man because he made (laughs) them go find him some kind of specific cheese that was like a huge pain in the ass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cheese man. Yeah. Cheese fuck. Fucking cheese man. By the way, what do you, what do you, how do you think uh, how do you think Tony Soprano would be reacting to the uh, the quarantine? Oh God, uh, not well. It's fucking bullshit, you know that? It's fucking bullshit. I gotta be in the house. We're calm. I can't. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't think of all these guys not being able to see their gumars or just seeing them and getting COVID and giving them oh, yeah. to their families, infecting their children or something. Yeah. We gotta we gotta figure out a way to put the kumas in the bubble. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> The kids got to go back. Got to test it for the COVID. What do you think I am? <laughs> got to reopen the schools, calm. Oh, so I'm supposed to feel sorry for your girlfriend in this pandemic? You, you Christopher, and your fucking millennial friends. That's what's making this thing last so long. Now get it fucking straight. All right? It's because they're doing more testing. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, everybody gotta get to see a, that episode. We got to get a piece of that testing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they absolutely would. They absolutely yeah, you would. You know they would have hijack, hijacked like a, hijack like a, a truck toilet paper test. truck or something. In the right. right, right, right. Oh, these antibody tests, they don't work. So I ha- also have a great uh, joke or reference. Uh, that's one of my favorite uh, Sopranos references. You know the comedian uh, Nick DiPaolo? Sure. They Nick was uh, did a bit one time. I, it's one of, you know, like a, a comedian... Every, every comedian has a line of another comedian that they wish they wrote or they could steal, but you know. Mm-hmm. So his, his uh, joke was, uh, yeah, people are always asking me, uh, am I offended by the way Italian-Americans are portrayed in Sopranos? He goes, no, because that's fucking real. He goes, I'm offended by the way Italians are represented in Olive Garden commercials, because that's bullshit. <laughs> Nobody, no Italian would ever touch that stuff, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I love that he that. used that. That was such a great uh, comparison, you know? That's great. Hey. Uh, he had a great little bit in the Columbus Day episode. Uh, he like plays a cop in the Columbus Day episode oh, of yeah, uh, Sopranos. Right. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, that's funny. I didn't either. Bit part. That's funny. It was yeah. one of my uh, great disappointments that I was never able to do just something on that show. But oh, when living in LA, no. there weren't a lot of. Uh, I guess there were some people that that went back there, but it wasn't really yeah. common then to to be a day player and, and go to New York just for that. You kind of had to be there. Most right, of right. Hey, man, you got the, the name drop, though. Lose I that. know. Absolutely. I did. <laughs> awesome character. I was telling Joe, I don't think it's a coincidence because I crossed paths with Frank Renzulli. Oh, I wrote yeah. Renzulli. Yeah, I wrote a pilot with Colin Quinn. Uh-huh. And this was for HBO. This was like 96 or 7, right before The Sopranos. And uh, we were both... We, did, we didn't have any show running experience. You know how that goes. So they want to put you with a showrunner. They like your idea. And it was him. That was the guy. So when, when that episode came on, I go, oh, I know. That's not a coincidence they used. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have thought of it. Somebody must have been thinking about names. He goes, oh, Lou DiMaggio. And then like, uh, yeah, he, he kills guys with baseball bats. Like it's a perfect, <laughs> like it all just came there. So I probably gave him that without. Uh, what a. Hey, it's oh. funny. What was Renzulli like? Was he was he cool? I, I didn't know. Really, <laughs> Put him on the spot. I, yeah, I don't really know. I didn't really know him well. I I, I don't know. I, I I found him to be a little. He seemed to be a little condescending. Mm. Like he thought he was like you know Mister the shit. But I 
Yeah. I we didn't really end up having much of a exposure to him, but yeah, sure. He was the guy that they went to, so he had something going on over there with HBO. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he left the show after the third season, maybe even the second. So yeah. maybe there's that attitude that David Chase didn't like. Who knows? Yeah. But fucking Red Zoe. What a fucking. Joe. We hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, we fucking, yeah, we were we were testing you. We fucking hate him. <laughs> but you know, yeah, like I just thought he was a little bit of a douche, but I, I didn't really have that much uh, interaction. Interaction. This is um, short, this is off topic, but what was your pilot about with uh, Colin oh, yeah. Quinn? Uh, it was a it was about a guy who worked in. Uh, he was like in the Broadway stage scene, you know, like those guys, the grips. Like, yeah. like that whole world is is fascinating. Those guys at work that they sit in the bottom of the Broadway theater and do nothing. They sweep the stage <laughs> in the yeah, very yeah. beginning. And they go down yeah. to these cubby holes below the stage, <laughs> and they have this world down there. They're watching the ball game. They got refrigerators, and they don't do anything. And no one else is allowed to do anything. And it's a whole world. And a lot of them are local West Side people that have been grandfathered into these jobs. So right. it was a, it was an area that had never really been covered. And we had this idea that you know. Colin was like a screw up and he was part of that world and he just, but he couldn't even do that even though it was like they were handing it to him. He would just screw everything up and, and we called it a day in the life of Mickey Mack. It was just all about, like he was like a, a degenerate gambler and just was a mess. And they loved the idea, but it, you know, it never, it never, the pilot never got made, but at least we wrote it. We got paid for that. So yeah, hey, there you go. Cool. I 100% cool. would have watched that. Yeah, me Absolutely. too. Sounds good, right? Yeah. I love degenerates. I love degenerates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you um, stay in touch with Colin Quinn? Yeah. Um, he was in my doc, actually, which I, we should, we should plug the doc. Yeah, hey, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Where have you gone, Lou DiMaggio, which is available on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. Otherwise, I think it's, seven dollars or something but it's a doc that i made that a friend of mine wanted to make a producer uh, about we started out to be about catch a rising star in new york and that scene mm. that we were talking about it, yep. it, was, it was so hot stand up in those days in new york and again a lot of those people that joe mentioned they were all starting out there so in my doc i have an interview with larry david and i have uh joy behar Susie essman colin and those people, especially, uh, I used to see almost every day yeah. for years. It was, it was like a family mm -hmm. uh, going through that scene. And it was a wonderful time. You know? So we talk about all of that and what it was like. And uh, I, if you're into stand-up at all, I think you'd, you'd enjoy it. Oh, and then absolutely. it's also got a little bit of a plot line where I haven't done it for a long time. And then I go out and do it again. I get back into it. Wow. Nice. And, uh, I, so that part, you know, you're going to have to watch. When I lived when I when I lived in New York, I used to go to a Comedy Cellar every Thursday, like in the early two thousands. So mm -hmm. I saw all the tough crowd people were always yeah. there. All, it was that era. Yeah. Of, so uh, Nick tough was there. Crowd. Yep. Yep. You um, know, I also like that era too. I was well entrenched here then, but you know, stand up had that that incredible boom in the in the eighties and into the early nineties, and then it kind of died. Right. And I kind of got out around. I was still doing it here up until like 97, eight ish. But again, like those guys, like I, I always thought if I only would have toughed it out, but it was hard in those days. It was not as fun as it was previous. And a lot of those people came out of that world where it was just, you'd go to the club, it was packed every night. It was this incredible audience and celebrities and politicians and would come to see stand up shows. And then it just went away. 
Yeah. And people like Colin is a perfect example. He just, he just toughed it out. He hung in and he also started, I actually worked with him on his first uh, one man show. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I helped him write it. And then after that, you know, he continued to do that and that's become his, his main thing now, which is wonderful work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's where I came from. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. 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 That's so cool. Uh, should we jump into this specific episode? this is an iconic episode yeah we're glad to have you here lou because this is this is like a fan favorite and and i have one more i have one more sort of weird uh uh celebrity name drop situation here i worked with Turturro. uh it's i had this weird gig i was writing I, i i my career took this weird turn where i started working writing on producing on game shows and things like mm. that and it was cool because like every couple of years it recycles and they make new ones again. And it's not something I ever wanted to do, but I fell into it. And it was nice. Mm, because yeah. It was a good gigs. Steady work. So I was doing uh, an, an, an iteration of Pyramid, you know, the $10,000 Pyramid. Yeah. Mm. And they were trying to book celebrities. And they were having a hard time. And they were just going nuts because the network is always like, they want, get, we want Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep. Yeah, sure. They're going to do the Pyramid. But they actually we can't afford the cheese. We can't afford yeah. his cheese bill. <laughs> He's got a cheese rider. He's out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I happen to know Nick Tuturo. I you know I, we me, yeah, me we're, and we're, we're Yankee, Yankee fans, fans, so we're so, you know, familiar oh. with we're familiar with Nick's current. Uh, you know Nick. You know Nick his is current the most brand. insane Yankee fan in the world. Yes. Yeah, we watched that ep- the podcast episode of yes. uh, with you and Nick. Yeah, it was <laughs> oh, great. oh, it was yeah. great. Oh, okay. It was great. Yeah, he's uh, he's something else, man. He's a piece of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know him because I worked with him on some things. His agents were trying to, to harness him at some pitch, and they needed somebody to try to make sense of what he was pitching. Everybody thinks it's funny and they love him, but he's all over the place. <laughs> so I just mentioned because they were trying to get, they were trying to do a soprano show, and they had uh, Steve Sharippa, I think, was supposed to do it. But they, they, oh, yeah, that's right. Steve Sharippa and Ada were in, mm-hmm. and Steve dropped out. And I said, you know, I know Nick. I could ask him. And they were like, are you kidding me? You know him? I and mean, it would be perfect because they're related to their Right, cousin. right. Uh, you know, it's not the Soprano connection anymore, but right. whatever, <laughs> it's fine. And I got him to do it, and it was a disaster. <laughs> Because, you know, he's trying to play the game. You know, you know how the game works. It's word association, right? right? right, right. So he'd be like, um, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, uh, milk, uh, I don't know. This is too hard. This is like in the middle of the game. This is happening. <laughs> and then I, I, I hung out with her a little bit, and she said, you know, you're nuts. You guys shouldn't have booked it. <laughs> in a good way okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right absolutely I talked to her. she was very nice very very nice 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 that's good well, to hear you always like to hear that uh, yeah she was very cool this awesome. is a uh an ada Totoro heavy episode so i know yeah. oh yeah so i brought it up yeah I, yeah i was uh, to find. i have a picture of me with her somewhere and i can't find it so sorry lou i know if i find it i'll send it in <laughs> yeah you yeah, got it it's going on our instagram that's right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, because this is sort of like the end of of Ada Totoro's arc. This episode, where right. like for this this whole season, where she was introduced in the second season, and she's kind of out on a bus to God knows where by the end. We'll, we'll, we'll get Seattle. into it. So, Seattle. <laughs> oh, she's going to Seattle. Yeah, that's where she's going. 
on the bus from New Jersey. All in all, I'd say said. it was a good visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys, are you gonna, how, do you do, how do you break down the episode? Yeah, we just sort of like go through it beat by beat and, and we'll right. just talk say, about. It's, it's quite a surprise what happened. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's 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 kick it. So our podcast is like, we should alert everyone if this is the first episode you listen to. We we don't give a fuck about spoilers. spoilers. You should have watched the entire show by this point if you're listening to this podcast. Right. Yeah. So we can exactly. talk. I mean, this is one of the most shocking moments in the in the series, right? Yes. When Janice ends up shooting Richie. Uh, but how do we get there? We, we could start from the beginning. Well, it's brilliant. It's brilliant the way that that gets set up because it, they're laying pipe that Richie's going to get whacked. But right. she's the last person you would expect. Yeah, well, you see you yeah. see when Tony comes to Livia's house after she's killed him, he has a biggest smirk on his face. Yep. He's like, when he first sees the body, he's like trying so hard not to laugh hysterically because he's like, this is amazing. I don't have to have Furio kill this guy. Like, this is <laughs> right. fantastic. Yeah. 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 I um, mean, so yeah, I'm sure he, it's just funny because it's like she pulled like almost in a way, it was almost like a Michael Corleone move. It's like, it's just in her blood. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you know? they didn't really, like, lay any of the groundwork for her, like, being angry or frustrated with him oh. or, or, or murderous in any way other than, uh, you know, she would suggest to Richie, you know, that uh, he should be the boss or, or right. you know, she, they, they right. sort of subtly had her throughout the season sort of hinting at, at Richie to take care of her brother. It's funny like, because, like, all, all three, like, all these, like, three Sopranos all turn on Richie and are responsible for his death in this in some way in this episode like like tony okays his his hit and junior decides like you know he couldn't fucking sell it and junior's like yeah okay he's gotta go and then it's that by the way to me is is the most brilliant thing in the show is when junior sort of you you see him thinking and thinking well oh okay like when he just finally just decides this guy doesn't have it Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, Bob, right, I'm, I'm going with Tony, but he would have right. screwed Tony. Totally. Oh, so? absolutely. You, you you think if if Richie was able to like convince the other capos, he would have he would have offed Tony. I think so. Yeah. I, I would think agree. So. Yeah. I think yeah. he was always willing to do that. Yeah. Well, they well, say. I mean, first they say the the, the Barisis are like the biggest family within the family, and mm-hmm. if the Barisis had okayed it, that would have been that. Yeah. But Albert yeah. like didn't want to go against Tony. And Junior's got and Junior's got so much uh, money issues with his trial that he like, right. he, he would want to do it. Can't fuck around. Well, that's that was his like main motivation for doing it, right? The whole like yeah. garbage routes and and his trial coming up, and, yep. and Tony's not letting him sell coke along the routes and like, but yeah. So I guess I mean, he he's so full of shit though. Like he oh, yeah. sort of like walks through the through his own like thinking of how he can look in front of Bobby Bacala like, oh, I'm such a smart fucking, uh, oh, you know, you know well, what I mean? Like he's so strategic. When, Bob, when, Bobby, when, when, he's, when Bobby's just standing there in the kitchen and he doesn't say anything and he goes, what, 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 what? And he goes, yeah. I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe. Yeah. Uh, bless, bless Bobby Bacala. Uh, the yeah. best. I almost wanted Junior to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, by the way, another, I, I knew uh, Sharippa really well because believe it or not, Steve Sharippa used to book the um, 
Riviera Comedy Club in Las Vegas. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I did a lot of, of, and he was one of those guys where you'd show up on the gig and he'd go, hey, come in my office. And he would go, look at this cheese I got. A cheese again. <laughs> that's a cheese, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cheese was Love it? it? It was like some kind of provolone. I love it. But, you know, in Vegas at that time, you know, you had to know somebody. <laughs> right. Right. There's, right. Good There's provolone no provolone in the desert. In Vegas. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. In the desert, right. That's not a place <laughs> yeah. where you would normally find good provolone. Right. No. A lot of cactus cheese. Yeah. A lot of cactus it's cheese. It's a provolone desert, if you'll pardon the expression. Ooh, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, so that's that's like the major thing of this episode. You know, <clears throat> Richie ends up uh, getting sliced and diced at Satrial's. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, that scene was so rough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember Christopher says, "I'm not going to eat here for like at least a month." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they're using the saw and everything. Right. Yeah. Really, just 30 <laughs> days will do it, and you'll be back oh, to eating. Like, I still got to eat it. Parmesan. Not, yeah. let's, <laughs> like, let's let's get that straight. I'm still going to eat it. I'm going right. to win. Right. We'll hold time. Everything will be clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But yeah. So uh, other big things this episode. Uh, Tony finally breaks it off with his Russian Guma, Irina, mm-hmm. yeah. um, who we didn't really see a ton this season. But but like yeah. so, it, I think it's like the second scene in the episode. You know, yeah, he finishes banging her, and 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 then he sort of has this conversation with her where he's like, you know, don't you want don't you want kids? Don't you want family? Like, why do you guys think he he does it in that moment? Like, why is this the end of of that relationship? Uh, she's just I becoming mean, too much of a liability, or she's becoming yeah. too much of a well, yeah, chain in his ass. A, she's a loose cannon, and yeah, and then right. that shit like calling him at home that, that you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which of course, which of course she does again later on in White Caps, yeah. which ignition, you know, which initiates the separation. Oh yeah, it kicks off when when Carmela and and Tony finally uh, divorce or, right. or separate. Which is, you know, it's one of those things where he's so he's so beleaguered, and this episode is one of those episodes where he's got so much shit to deal with. He's got to, he's always got to deal with his mother. He's got the crazy mm-hmm. sister. He's got yep. he's got Uncle Junior. He's got Richie. the crazy Guma, yeah. you know, and he's got to keep it straight with his wife. He's got so much shit going on at the same yep. time. Yeah, and he's got to he's got to fix everything all the time. Yeah, and so yeah. he's just like, I- I'm out of here. Yeah, yep. he's tapping uh, out on that one. <laughs> Uh, Jackie Smartly, Jr. But then it ironically Jackie Jr. appears. Up... We get we get the we set up Jackie Jr. for season three. Oh yes, Jason Serbone is. I always is forget that he's like introduced. Besides like the flashback when he's like a kid or whatever, like a teenager. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, yeah, I forget that he gets set up at the end of the season always. Yeah, I wonder if they associated with him with season three, like had like knew then that they were going to do a Jackie Jr. storyline for season three. I mean, it seems they like they, it seems like it, it seems like they're sending it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think yeah. that David Chase was pretty, pretty yeah. thorough and probably right. way ahead Think, of the forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, like I know that Nancy Marchand, uh, Livia Soprano, she, the actress died between seasons and that sort of like fucked up what the, what the third season was supposed to be. So I wonder if, right. if like Jackie Jr. Storyline got like bumped up a notch or two to like, right. We got to write a Jackie Jr. Story now. They did, that weird, <laughs> they did that weird CGI stuff with her. Oh my God. That, that was strange. That's super bizarre. And the technology wasn't quite the best yet. So it, wasn't no. there yet. it looks it very creepy. Weird. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that, like here's a like you know like technical choice that they made in this episode was the subtitles. Like, yes, were were they necessary? <laughs> oh, you Wait, know oh, that's for... a really good point. I never saw that before because I accidentally had my subtitles on. Yeah, and I turned it off 
And then it was on, then there was a subtitle. I'm like, wait a second, I already turned that off. But then I realized that it looked to me like they were cherry picking areas that they think you might not understand. It was always what (laughs) Russians were talking. Right. Yeah. yeah, like in case you didn't get that because it was kind of a complicated line, right? And I Which thought, well, I, I guess that's cool. I can't I say guess. I've ever seen before, like just like certain lines of dialogue uh, in English subtitles when someone is speaking English, even though it's like broken. Well, you English. know, I, I actually watch Peaky Blinders that way. I was just gonna say, so uh, <laughs> they are hard so many to lines you miss if you miss. It. It's pretty yeah. understandable, but it helps a yeah. lot. That's yeah, how yeah, people yeah. watch Game of Thrones too. Um, I think these were added in though too. Like they weren't on the live like episode. Like, oh really? Yeah. Oh, I think I thought I I thought I, I heard know. that I, somewhere. I, I, I didn't research remember. it, but no, no. I, I thought you said spider. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> remember that um, moment where he where spot where spider has the the thing where he shoots the guy in the foot in the bakery and. Uh, oh. Oh, and then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Imperioli uh, yeah, does the same thing in season one. Yeah, yeah. Turnabout is fair play. Probably the yeah. best Goodfellas reference uh, yes. in the series of many, but that, yeah. that's that's the most. That's the other thing that's so great about The Sopranos, right? Is is the like self awareness. Oh yeah, Richie, Richie's in Mean Streets. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. it's one of the great great mob movies. You know, underrated. Oh, for sure. Probably not underseen, but it's it's. It's really an incredible little movie, and it's almost—it doesn't like, get mentioned enough in the, it in really the Bob canon. I love that movie. I love that movie. It's so Richie good. Was, uh, Richie was Michael. Mm. He was the yeah. guy that owned the bar. Yes, yeah. he had a lion in his basement. Remember? And uh, <laughs> and and Melfi's uh, husband, the guy who plays right. Melfi's was, husband, also—he's the guy um, that Robert De Niro owes money to. Right. It, those were the guys. It was Harvey Keitel and those two guys, and De Niro were the main main guys. Yeah. 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 No, actually, he was Michael yeah. Melfi's yeah. husband. Yeah. I yes, who yes. Yeah. His name was. Yeah, that's yeah, that scene with the Nero. Goes, oh. What's the matter? You don't like this ten dollars? <laughs> right. <laughs> Borrow money from all over town. I don't pay anybody back. <laughs> I mean, if David Chase could have just like stolen the cast from uh, all of Scorsese's mafia movies, he he would well, kind of did. But he's got Main Streets guys. He's got Goodfellas guys. Yeah. He's got Godfather. He's got Godfather. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. So you can't get me got some them. some real mob guys in there too. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Tony Sirico spent some time in jail for sure. Probably walnuts. Oh yeah. Uh, and I heard, that, if I'm not mistaken, Tony Sirico painted my mother's apartment. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Living in a great little tidbit. Not kidding. Because Where is your in Brooklyn? In Brooklyn, Corona, Queens. Oh, in Corona, in, Queens. Oh, in Queens. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I forget what it was. Was it, it was Raging Bull or you know? Because he was in all those Scorsese movies. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. He was so my <laughs> my parents my parents' neighbor across the street. They grew up together in Brooklyn. She oh, was yeah. growing up. And yeah, she said he was like uh, you know. He was. No, he was a hustler. So like, he's yeah. doing a job for somebody. He's painting somebody's apartment. You know, he's just he's making it work. You know, it's I like, met yeah. I met a guy in college who um, did Sopranos Dinner Theater because my <laughs> my good friend, um, my college roommate, was was doing. Hold on a second, Sopranos Dinner Theater. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm I'm on. I'm down with that. <laughs> Whatever that is. I'm well, in. my my uh, my college roommate, my best man at my wedding, who was on on our podcast, Joey Coco. Um, 
he played Christopher Malted Sunday. Um, <laughs> and he was sort of like the MC of this dinner theater, which was hilarious. And we did it. He did it on Long Island. And it was like, so it was like, it was like Tony and Tina, but du- for Sopranos. Yeah, and it, and it, was yeah. dur- it was during the Sopranos. Like people ate it up. Um, oh, that must have been great. How was the food? Yeah, it's okay. Um, How's the cheese? You got to do it every guy, night. The guy who played Tony was like, we were we're pretty sure he was connected because he was working on a house at Hofstra, like near Hofstra, that like he was just doing contracting work there for like a year. Yeah. Like it was never getting done. And we'd come by and he'd be like, yeah, let's go get some sandwiches. He told us a story that um, he, he, his dad knew Tony Sirico like back in the day and like he would sell illegal fireworks <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, there you go i could have sure. guessed the gateway <laughs> yeah that's right right so that's my tony street i mean he probably also, still does it on the side you know that's the thing with those guys it would whatever it is so if fourth of july they would sell fireworks with christmas trees and christmas there was only yeah. like, that's the guy you got to go to to get whatever the, the hustle is and yeah. that's the, that's why new york is one of those places where you literally can get anything you want or need anytime <laughs> Right, yes. you know, like when when it's raining, the umbrella guy's there. It's just, yep, no place like that, really. That's true. Um, you need a cooler. They got a, they got a red cooler for <laughs> red. Got to be red. Uh, right. Ramsey's out there. Uh, also, I, I, I will, I, I will say this little story. If it ties back into the episode, because um, I think maybe this is the second time we see him, um, but we haven't seen him for a long time. Is the head of the FBI the head of the FBI, Frank Pell. The actor's name is Frank, Frank Pellegrino. Yeah. Cubitoso is the character name. Yeah. 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 He, um, he, he owned Reyes. Yep. Um, oh, he's the son of, uh, of the, of, of Frank Pellegrino, the original guy. Right. Well, no. Well, he's the original Frank Pellegrino. Wait a minute. Which Are you sure? No. Oh, the older guy. The, the older guy, guy with the, with the glasses. The, guy that the young guy reports to. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. The older guy. That's Frank Pellegrino. I, hold on one second. I got to get something. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah got is is I mean, but is that the original owner of Reyes? Yeah, I believe oh. so. Well, he's he's uh, Frank Pellegrino was probably I mean that 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 restaurant's been in business forever, so he's yeah probably was yeah. running it since the '60s or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a couple of things here that I wanted to show you guys. Yeah, yeah. So this. Oh uh, yes, uh, so, Sopranos family oh, cookbook. Have, I have an autographed copy. No way. From uh, the guy who wrote it. His name is Alan Rucker. Yeah. And a friend That's of mine knew it really well. So he signed it to me. He said, To Lou, a paisan, which of course I'm not. <laughs> manja, manja, Alan. That's great. That I have awesome. that same thing, not signed by Alan now, Rucker. But... I have this. Oh, I've never, I've never seen, seen that. One. Entertaining with the Sopranos. Yeah, with by Carmela Soprano. By Carmela. Oh, I didn't realize that they were all related, and I also have this. And the Rayos cookbook. Very nice. Oh, so there you go. Here's the back cover. There yeah. he is. That's him, right? Oh, so there are the yeah. generations. Okay, yeah, no. that's him so the, the guy in the center the right. is, not, is not the Frank Pellegrino on the show. That's the original no. guy, right? No, on the but right. He's on the right. He's on the right is Frank Frank Pellegrino. This is Frank Pellegrino, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the other saying and she was Mia Farrow's muse for Broadway Danny Rose. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Because Woody Allen used to go in there with her all the time, and that's Frank's wife. 
So when Mia came up with that character, which is really brilliant and hilarious, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what he, she was doing. Who's the guy in that's the center? So, must be, uh, I don't know. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I was going to say about Frank Pellegrino is that my uncle married into the family that owns the other half of Reyes. Wow. So my, my family, part of my family, like, owns, uh, or not, not really my family, but the Jewish side that married into, into there, <laughs> like, they go to Rayo's all the time and, like, can get in, like, anytime they want. Yeah, get the, you got to get, like, a case of sauce, dog. Dude, something, man. Come on. My uncle, my uncle who lives in Palm Springs, he's, like, 82 or something. He has, like, a lot of stories about Frank Pellegrino and, like, hanging out at Rayo's and stuff. It's pretty I'll tell you something about the Rayo's uh, tomato sauce is excellent. It is. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I just used it this weekend. Yeah. It is so good. And I'm, really I'm Italian, good. and I cook, and I make tomato sauce. But I'm telling oh, yeah. you, I've never tried a jarred tomato sauce. I mean, I try them once in a while just to see, but somebody told me about it and I, I use it all the time. It's yeah, awesome. I don't know what it is, like how they, how they did it, how they were able to jar like the Sunday gravy and the, like they, they did it. But you know, and my mother who, who was an incredible Italian cook, first of all, she would kill me if she knew I was eating jarred tomatoes. <laughs> Luckily she's not here to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she would, uh, what it would take anything like she, and I am in this habit till to this day, like even the Rayo's tomato sauce, which is excellent. I still put a little olive oil in the, in the pot and, and yeah. maybe, mash a couple of pieces of garlic just garlic. to just to wake it up just to yeah. doctor it up <laughs> absolutely yeah, absolutely it makes you feel yes, like you're you're really point. contributing to this this jarred sauce <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. yeah yes uh, so, i'm in the same way but uh, uh it's good stuff wow yeah. always uh I, I love that that uh just that scene in new york like food and restaurants contributed to creative uh <laughs> like plays and movies and film. you know it's all yeah. sort of this mishmash of like everybody sort of uh, feeding off of each other. I love yeah. that. That's um, a scene over there. I'm surprised there hasn't been a doc made about that place yet. Uh, there should yeah. be, yeah. Um, other storyline this app, we got to talk about Big Pussy sort of uh, going, going, going fed. Yep. Boy, yep. Big Pussy wants to be Junior G-Man. Yeah, right. exactly. He nicknamed himself Fat Man. Which... Yeah, yeah. It goes great. It goes Big... great for him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he spent too much time thinking about that one. Is that is who's the actor that plays his contact? Is that Bo Deedle? No, no, no. He's he was on uh, he was also on Twenty Four. That was his other big thing. He was like a right. Skip Lapari. Yeah, yeah. Um, his uh, I'm looking it up right now. He's played by Louis Lombardi. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's great too. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, I feel like he may have. Uh, uh, I thought I heard a story that he may have auditioned for Tony. I could be wrong, but wow. I, mean, I feel like a lot of people did. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> it would have been Everyone a very did. different show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, but he works a lot. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he does a lot of stuff. But yeah. Pussy has this like idea that he's going to like join the feds and like go teach people about La Cosa Nostra and like give lectures and, <laughs> and shit. He wants to live in Arizona. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's his goal. Giant spring training. He's talking yeah. about he's yeah. talking about the San Francisco Giants, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Then yeah. <laughs> the New York football giants don't don't work out in concessions, Phoenix. You know, it's like, yeah, I can I'll be all right with the Giants spring training. It's okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Enough. 
No, I always um, liked Willie Mays, I guess. Uh, yeah, as a connection. Yeah, he's an old school. He's an old school Giants fan. Yeah, right, right. polo ground. Oh, wear like a polo ground shirt or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, another. There's another baseball reference is that Janice goes. My planner did Rick Starone's wedding. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, that deep cut. Brought that up because that is that is such a sublime <laughs> reference. Yeah. 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 Who's gonna even get that? But when you get it, it's like perfect. Yeah. So you got wedding. You gotta love all those references that are like the writers like sh- shouting yeah, I mean, another details. Like I Matt Helm. Pitching, yeah, I wonder if Matt Helm. I wonder <laughs> when they were pitching like 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 the the uh, the player that it should be. I wonder if Lee Mazzilli's name came up. That would have been just as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe too maybe too well known Lee Mazzilli. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sort yeah. of a Brooklyn matinee idol kind of guy. Right, Tim right. Tim Tuffle, you know. Tim Tuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love Chris uh, telling Puss about the he's going to hijack a truck of uh, Pokemon cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great, because yeah. it just shows you whatever's whatever's happening, whatever's in the moment. Right. Whatever. There's a lot of money like a lot. in. There but is, also, that's that's like sort of that weird thing where like the show doesn't feel dated because some of its pop culture references are still fucking like uh, like with us, right? Like yeah. Pokemon is still like a thing, very much a thing. Yeah. But uh, but so he's so pussy's like following uh, Chris after he leaves the diner to go hijack this truck, and <laughs> he just puts a fucking cyclist over his windshield. Yes, just like leaves yep. the scene. Did he kill that guy? Is that guy dead? Hey, he's he's in a coma. They say. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. he's in a coma in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And he hurt himself really bad too. Yeah, uh, yeah he, his, his leg. leg was all yeah, fucked he's up. Like walking away like fucking Frankenstein. Like, what if they would have seen you? What if they would have seen you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's a really dumb thing to do. Right. Oh yeah, it was super dumb. Um, well, we know that that all gets paid off down the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not, yes, not not far from here. Yeah, I mean, probably like the the arguably the best two back to back episodes of Sopranos is this, and then the season finale, Funhouse, where where Pussy uh, sleeps with the fishes. Mm. But uh, but yeah, that I mean, so Carmela, this whole episode is also dealing with. I, I think early on in the episode, she like sniffs tony's laundry and and smells his like tank top or whatever and he's she smells perfume yeah and yep. she's sort of like i mean the irony is that tony just broke it off with her but now carmela is like giving him shit about her the um, funniest thing about that is when is is that the way that he just he justifies it's all okay because i'm not I'm, i broke up with her yeah, yeah exactly right right Don't mind that yes of course yeah it was like she's still right. accusing him of maybe he's doing it maybe he's not Right, but, it, not, yeah. but that's over. Don't worry about it. It's it it, re, it reminds me of like earlier in the series when he's like, "I had her tested for AIDS." Like he like wants like <laughs> he wants bonus points because he's like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's so I'm not, I'm not, that, I'm not like, that it's, bad." It's like bringing your cat to the vet or something, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that line, that line she has, let like, you're putting me in a position where I feel sorry for a whore who fucks you is like so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Really I mean, sort of uh nails it. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. But then so she sort of like correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seemed like she w- was sort of like stalking that guy Vic Musto who she finds in the paint store. Oh who, yeah. Like a couple episodes yeah. before she had she shared a kiss with in the bathroom. She he was like wallpapering her house. Right. Yeah. And like and she sort of like tracks him down just to say like, 
oh, thanks for not showing up for lunch that day because I would have made a mistake. And then he trembles yeah. even more because he's like, you know who her husband is? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> also, also, it's like, yeah, yeah, that guy would know who her husband was. He did the wallpaper in his house. Like, yeah. right, yeah, he paid yeah, their yeah. check. He probably yeah, wrote the check. Yeah, that was kind of like, weird. Yeah, he oh, was yeah, there. He yeah. showed up on the day that, that Carmelo was probably hoping to bang him. <laughs> right, like, oh, right, right, right. Uh, Mr. Musto, go to other job. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, and then that final scene with Tony and, and Carm sitting on the oh. couch, uh, you know. By the way, that song that that's played was so haunting to me. I went back and listened to the whole song a couple of times. Yeah, who it's, I just yeah. saved the world today. I just saved the world. Yeah, I just yeah. saved the world today. My God, it's such a beautiful song. Yep. One of the one of I, the great endings to an episode. I, yeah. They're I great love, ending episodes with music too. Yes, I love that they're. Tony and Carmer sitting on the couch there and uh, he's like telling her what happened to Rich without telling her what happened. And, and, and I got to tell goes, you this without being, yeah. a, being an accessory <laughs> after the fact. Right. Right. <laughs> so basically Car- he told her. Yeah. 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 But then, but Carmel goes, that was not a marriage made in heaven. And then they sit there in silence. The two of them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, I think, I think in a, yeah. uh, like in a way, Carmela is like sickly sort of relieved that, that Janice's uh, marriage, who, which she was like crying about earlier in the episode, because do you remember like at the engagement party, like Richie and Janice start doing these cheesy speeches yeah. and they both start yeah, and crying like, and they kiss and then she runs of off them. and cries. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. envious of them. Right. right. And then when Tony's like, Janice fucking murdered him. And she remembers like Carmela. She said to Janice, you know, he's going to have a Kumad and then, yep. you know, yep. whatever within a year. So yeah. talk to me then. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I think a right. little bit like Carmelo was trying to rub Janice's nose and shit. Like, you don't get to enjoy this when I have fucking endured so much pain and and all this other shit. And then in the end, when Tony's like, "Yeah, he, she murdered him and fled," like I I got a little bit of Carmelo like, "Oh, thank God!" Like, okay, I'm not I'm not that bad. And Tony's running out of the house and he falls and his gun comes out and his mother's <laughs> yeah. Gone. So so well, weird. we should talk about that because because that's actually the last interaction that Tony has with his mother in the series. Well, I mean, like outside of CGI, weird yeah. CGI. Right, oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's also the first time they come face to face this season because she's but been she, recovering uh, from the stroke was, and she was really sick then probably. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy Margin had cancer. Yeah. But he uh, falls, but you kind of see him as a little boy, like he falls and she's laughing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because all the bullshit that he went through with uh, with Janice, he defended her to to the mother. Well, how do you, you know, how oh, is yeah. she supposed to, you know, be good at anything the way you were with her, you know? Right. Yeah. So right. that and was actually it, kind of a nice moment. And it's funny because, yeah. yeah, but, you know, also Janice had just been, consp- like, not conspiring, but like, sort of pushing Richie to make a move against her brother, which Livia did the same exact thing know, in season that's one. The part about it is like Tony's got enemies everywhere. Yeah, and yet he <laughs> his own family. To, he still right. has to look out for his mother. He has to look out for his sister. He's got to look mm. out for Uncle Junior and they would all screw him. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, perfect ending to the episode with, uh, with Carm and Tony sort of just sitting there in shock. And then, and then of course, Carm like, it's like, oh, I'm going to Rome with Rosalia Priel. If I don't, I'm, I just might commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. Tony's like, yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's so great about that show is that that I don't think it's really ever been done in a mob film or, or any kind of mob treatment of anything where you get to see what it's like to be a mob wife and not a, a you know, 
not aren't just candy. the mafiosa. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, it's not cliche. It's like this. This is what she's. This is what she signed up for. Mm-hmm. And what's that like? And even though, and it's that deal with the devil where you know I like all my things. Yeah, but yeah, this is what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and she 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 later on in the series she flirts with having like some semblance of normalcy outside of a, a you know a, a mob wife uh situation right and she can't function she can't function right. without it right right and yeah. also you know the funny thing about her too is that she's a tough broad on her own she's a tough cookie. oh yeah yeah, yeah so, she is like, she doesn't she doesn't suffer fools she's very smart <laughs> yeah, well, yeah earlier this season we see it with the regut pie you know she like bribes <laughs> the woman to write the letter Meadows, for uh, uh for meadow for georgetown i mean well, you know, what's crazy yeah. is that is that Italians are, are so nuts about little things like that. Like my mother lived in this building in Corona and my mother, when she made eggplant Parmesan, she would flour the eggplant, mm-hmm. not um, bread, breadcrumb it. So the woman across the hall would, did breadcrumbs and my mother didn't talk to her for two years. <laughs> For real. <laughs> she's like, she cannot imagine being friends with someone that, that would that would create an abomination like that. That is so funny. So that's, that's how they are. You know, I, I see right. that. Like the mo- you think that mo- my mother wasn't like evil like his mother, but they're they're a little bit nuts, you know, like they oh yeah. They're capable of uh it's really something, man. It's it's uh, that that's why the show is so is is so good because because David Chase comes from a family, an Italian yeah. family. So he, oh, yeah. he delves into areas of that whole culture and that, um, again, you don't always see it. It's, 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 it's very, very uh, original and different. Yeah, he just he, yeah. he gets it right in the details. Like they take yeah. the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why it was like so recognizable to people, especially like, you know, Jersey, New York, tri-state yeah. area people. Um, yeah. But yeah. Good app. Anything else we want to say about the app, guys? Like, what? Any favorite? uh, Any favorite lines? Any favorite moments? Anything else? MVP of the episode? What do you think? MVP of the episode. Hmm. Acting wise, story wise. I mean, it's a it's a great Ada Totoro episode. I mean, yeah, you got to give it to her. Oh, that final scene where where Tony's putting her on the bus. She went three for four with four RBIs in that game. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't take it away from her, but. yeah, it was. Uh, I'm really glad that I that I watched it. Like I said, because I I haven't. Um, I watched the first two episodes, I think, with my kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird. It's like when you watch the first couple of episodes of Seinfeld or something like that. Oh, because it gets so much better, you know? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I always tell people like, get to season two is when it really starts cooking. That's like when yeah. it really. Starts. I mean, there's fantastic moments in season one, but yeah, like you, Which, you, by it the takes way, a few episodes. Going back to. Uh, other shows to binge everybody always talks about the wire you guys wire guys oh, oh yeah. yeah big yeah. time i've, big I've time. never gotten past third episode of season one because to me i'm not saying this uh, that i'm wrong because i'm sure yeah, I yeah, am yeah. Wrong, yeah that to me it just looks like a regular cop show and everybody says yeah right. but you got to hang in there because it gets better and better and better it, it oh. is like quintessential when you think of slow burn it is a slow burn but it pays right. off. It really yeah. pays off. Yeah. yeah. What everybody says. Yeah. yeah. No, seasons three and four of The Wire are up there with, with any season yeah. of Sopranos. And, they, I think. And, the, and The Wire may have been one of the first, you know, super binge shows. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. talked about as, you know, you must see the show. You don't yeah. hear a lot of, you don't hear a lot of people say, like, I watched The Wire while it was on. You know, I think right. a lot of people yes. found it after, after the fact. That's what I mean. Yeah. It yeah, became yeah. That, it became, that's how you watched 
shows like that. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, good ad, good guys. Good ad. Should we, uh, Joey, you want to do the uh, the ad read? Oh shit! I gotta do the ad read. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sash realities? I wish. Would that be yeah. great? Yeah. Can't you get Bay Cities or somebody to sign on? What's the matter with you? I we wish should. we could. We're trying to get this up. Uh, Olive Garden. <laughs> get Pinocchio, Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You want me to do the ad read? Yeah, go for it. You okay. asked to do it. Hey, hey, guys! Sports are coming back, oh, and God. so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You know, I look today, and I think I might open an account. I'm shocked. They got that. You're considering it. Wow. Yankees uh, over-unders 36 and a half. Uh, I'll take the over. I'm going to go with the over. Um, Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on all available 24-7. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment, The Ice is Right. This guy fucking gambles a lot. Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Floyd talks all about his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Wow. Bet- yeah, it's pretty Jesus. pretty good, you got, right? You got to be a real scumbag to bet on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. There's plenty. Uh, visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Blue Especially wire. when placing those... Floyd Mayweather jewelry bets. Make sure to use promo code Blue Wire. Yeah, yeah. You degenerate. You, you, <laughs> it does. It might not count for the jewelry bets though. You might get like a cent, to, you know. Uh, but take the, the over. Bonus. Take the over for the Yanks. Take yeah. The take over. the over. That's you guys are Spellman's pick. You guys are both Yankee fans, right? We are. We yeah. are. Dave is in the league. Dave is the guy I invited. Yes. 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 Right yes. Yeah. Thanks for yes. signing on, man. Oh, my pleasure. My pl- I mean, you know, we have time. We have yes. time right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of fantasy baseball. I mean, I, I've done it a few times, but like 60 games, I could do that. Why not? Yeah. 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 It'll be fun. Oh, that Absolutely. sounds like I could do that. Yeah. I've never been a sports fan. Paul, Paul, the, Paul's the funniest thing because his father is a huge Yankee fan. And if you go to Paul's house, they have a, a bar in the basement uh, that is just all Yankees memorabilia. And the funniest thing is to just see Paul – Standing at the bar there, couldn't care so less. Hard. Just <laughs> so surrounded, hard to get surrounded by uh, Yankee <laughs> memorabilia. It's the funniest. In a way, thing. though, you know, like uh, his, his dad is probably a little bit relieved because he didn't like ruin his stuff. Right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, dad, that's I'll, I'll all touch right. my World Series ball. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, cool. So this last segment we'll do is called "Fucking Internet." This is where we uh, source questions, comments, hot takes from uh, around the internet, Reddit, Twitter. That's basically it. Uh, and we respond to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so this one from Reddit, user East underscore by God underscore Kentucky says, Jackie Jr. speaking up at the meeting with Tony, Dick Barone, and Richie was way out of bounds. Uh, season two, episode 12, Night in White Satin Armor, third or fourth scene. Every time I watch it, I forget how far Jackie Jr. goes on his rant about the dispute over Coke on the Barone routes and who will get the Fairfield trucking routes. Shouldn't he be waiting in the car? I did think it was kind of weird that. Well, you know, it would be there. 
it's kind of a little bit like a callback to when uh, when Sonny pipes in during the Salazzo meeting, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, kind of. Right, true. And, you know, you know, that's that's way out of line, and they right. ended up yeah. ended up yeah, they both vulnerability, and they, they shot his father. Yeah, they yeah. and they yeah they both end up uh, in the same place. So yeah, <laughs> but it it's weird that like because he's he's like barely in college, right? Or he's in college. I mean, he's he's which it's which just makes strange it, which, that. Which makes you think that David Chase knew that, like, the plan to have him have that that big. Yeah, I think it was like, okay, we got to introduce this kid and set him up maybe for the next season. Yeah, where do we put him in? But realistically, like, are you bringing that kid to that meeting with the boss of the family? Like, yeah, the only thing I I can think of is because he's the son of 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 a well respected and loved character, or you know, right story that maybe that's why he's being treated that way. Right, it still doesn't seem right. It just shows that it just shows that Richie really has no um, no upper hand, like you know, because Richie ultimately decides to bring him there, and it's like, eh, yeah, you know, Jackie's kid's not gonna not gonna cut it. It's not. That reminds me, by the way, how many references? There were three references to Richie's balls. Like Richie's got a lot of balls. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Junior said it once, and then uh, Bacala said it. Somebody else said it. Mm -hmm. So man has. Tremendous moxie for his size. Yeah, exactly. But like, it shows that that's all he's really got. He's just, he's right. just, just you know, yeah, all right. sizzle, no steak. And that was his yeah. downfall. Um, okay, cool. This next one is a weird one from also from Reddit. User Lighty711. First time watcher, absolutely impressed by the show. Just finished watching Night in White Satin Armor. So, guys, I wanted to share this story right away. I started the show in quarantine last Saturday. And I've been hooked since. I've been a fan, fan of Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, my favorite show, but Sopranos is going up there. I just reached season two, episode 12, and was not paying attention to the episode, in parentheses, jerking off, but suddenly heard a gunshot and yeah, saw that scene. Immediately, I rewinded to see if Richie did something wrong, and fuck, he punched her, and Janice fucking shot him in the heart. <laughs> This is, whoa, I need to process this. Until now, I love the character development and the power struggles. And here there is a new one. Huh? He sort of glosses over the fact that he's just jerking off while watching The Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. He's burying the lead here. Right. I, don't think you, uh, I don't think that's a show you would do that to unless you're a rhesus monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was, but he, wait, wait, wait. So, but he loves the show, but he was just like, he was binging it, and then he's like, "But I gotta jerk off right now." <laughs> oh, all this talk about Pokemon cards. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, look. I mean, I, I, I really, I don't want to judge. Uh, right. That's and, true. Uh, the guy is—he's a fan of your show too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lighty seven one one, put it down, man. If you're listening right now, we, you know, just wait until it's over. What but, are you uh, wearing, Lighty seven one one? <laughs> actually yeah man. let's get into it like call us up let's let's <laughs> yeah please no um this one from uh user nico tesla wish we saw more from B- big pussy pussy's easily one of my favorite characters on the show even as a rat his inner demons were slowly eating him alive and i'm sure his character arc would have been very interesting to follow in the second half of the show uh, as everything turns to shit Granted, this would completely change the whole story, but it's something I always wonder. What if? I don't know. What the fuck, huh? That sounds Says the guy who invented alternate current. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Um, what, so what do you guys, what do you guys think, uh, if pussy had survived season two, do you guys have any speculation what, what his story would have looked like? Well, first of all, I remember watching at the time thinking, wow, that's a really great character to lose. Oh yes. And when you see that, he did that in game of Thrones all the time. Right. But that's when you realize you're in, you're that's such a great thing to do because no one's safe. Yeah, so you mistake. watch the shows and you're like, who's going to be next, you know? Yep. And it was yep. not, uh, it wasn't quite, uh, it didn't happen as often on Sopranos as it did on Game of Thrones, I mm-hmm. think. And I didn't really watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, the first yeah. two seasons. No, but, they um, killed like everyone in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. got killed. <laughs> so I think they, they kind of overdid it maybe, but, um, but it adds that danger. But as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a watcher, as a fan of the show, I felt... Uh, a jolt from losing that character. I kind of always thought, yeah. somehow figure out a way to hang around. You know? Yeah. I mean, it it's um it it is I think a great device though to have his death always hanging over Tony. Right. You know, like yeah. the curse, the curse, the curse of 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 Pussy's memory, mm-hmm. like haunts him for the rest of the series. And I yeah, think I mean, that, the show definitely that helps. Like that markedly darker after after yeah. Tony has to kill one of his best friends, right? Right. Um, yeah, so that's, it definitely, that's a really good point. It does. It gets it gets darker after that. Yeah, much yeah. darker. I feel um, like then, um, after that episode too, in in like in like the um, um, collective consciousness of of society, like the, the that the it, it, Sopranos started to get a lot more popular. Um, oh yeah. Once they, when they killed him off, like yeah. people started to talk about it more and and get more like start watching it at, on season three. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as far as what would have happened with Pussy, like if he had lived, there was no way that was ending in him retiring to Arizona and giving right, lectures. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know, so. Yeah, he and Scatino open a uh, a ranch out in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Right. We always got to worry about Puss in Scottsdale. Towards the end of the series, it was really palpable, you know. Oh, yeah. There were like promos like tonight somebody's got to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yep. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, who is that somebody going to be? And there's like yeah. five really legit choices here. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. The, the, the joke right. I always, we, me and my buddy would always make is that they would tease that like somebody's got to go. And then in the episode, it'd be like, to the store, buy me a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, yeah. Uh, or it's like, it's like Adriana's dog or something that ends up getting killed. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, this one from Twitter, uh, from at Valley of the Word. I can't figure out how much all the talk about anti-Italian sentiment in The Sopranos is serious or satirical, uh, in quotation marks. I'm sick of people assuming I'm a thug because my last name ends in a vowel. Like, holy shit, this is 99, not 19. Talk about the characters feeling that way? I, I, I guess just it, how the writers work that into the that, show. That, that wonderful uh, Phil Leotardo monologue. Where he goes oh. on, on how they changed his name. And yeah, he used to yeah, be, yeah, yeah, uh, there Leonardo. Is, there is, Leonardo. Think, yeah. You know what it is? Is like this is a really good question actually because if you grew up Italian American, in my case, I'm third generation, right? So my grandparents mm-hmm. were born in Italy. My parents would the, would they be second generation and then and then me? I guess I guess yeah. I think well, yeah, they're first. I think that's how it works. Yeah. If they're yeah. in any in any event though, <laughs> when I was a little kid growing up in New York. Um, it got really cool to be an Italian American because of De Niro and Pacino yeah. and Rocky and all that stuff. It became, yeah. and, and before that it was Sinatra and Joe DiMaggio, obviously, who were these Italian American heroes. 
But what people don't know is that these guys, we grew up with, there was a lot of hate on the Italians. Either, yeah. either you're all gangsters or you're greaseballs, you're, you know, you're wetbacks. Um, the Irish, you know, had control of New York. So the Italians did not even assimilate into those cops and firemen jobs for a yeah. full generation and a half to two generations. Right. And right. Of course, once they caught up and learned the language and obviously they became lawyers and they became politicians and they, they assimilated beautifully, but it took longer for them. Right. And along right. the way, like my parents were, they would tell me, yeah, they used to call us WAPs, you know, like yeah. we'd get in fights all the time. Right. Uh, so that is part of the DNA that's in these characters. They, if they didn't experience it, their parents did. So they were influenced yeah. by it. It's, it's hard to believe. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. when I was in grade school, I had a friend who was Irish. It's funny because all the kids I knew were either Irish, Italian, or Irish and Italian mixed. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember him being a little racist prick and saying shit about <laughs> Italians and stuff like that. I, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe it. Yeah. That yeah. really started to go away in the 70s and, and onward. Right. And of course, once The Godfather became such a huge, iconic classic, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people's opinions were changing. Maybe, and maybe they, they it's funny because I, I used to work for these Israelis um, and I remember them talking about how they loved the, no, the way the Italian family structure was. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got it from the Godfather. It's just like, it's a weird lesson. But they loved the idea though, that people were, that they were still like so close and what family meant and all of that. Sure. Um, and yet there's another side to it. And again, the Sopranos is so much more innovative in the way they show it, with the way the mother is and the way yep. the, mm -hmm. the sibling rivalries are and the whole insanity of the mob being interconnected with that. Right. So that's your answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. No, no hey, that's a good answer. I don't think we could say it better than that. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I've never gotten a chance to really let that go, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, I think we need to move on to our last question here. This from uh, Twitter at uh, the Sopranos Club. This was a poll they ran. Oh, would, yes. Would friend of the Pauly, pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Would Paulie whack, in parentheses, kill? Who doesn't know that if you're watching Sopranos? Uh, Tony Soprano for a payment of 500,000 US dollars. Options are yes, 100% he would. Yes, he probably would. No, probably would not. No, 100% he would not. Would Polly Walnuts whack Tony Soprano for $500,000? First of all, I have to get, I have to uh, requote the greatest Polly Walnuts line, not the greatest, but one of the ones that always made me laugh. Hey, Tom, I'm going up to the Baja Fresh. You want something? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know That's something so I, I i i would say towards the end of the series it's you know everybody's suspect right every mm -hmm. you think everybody's going to kill tony or every, or somebody's going to betray him mm -hmm. and he, they make it look like it, it could be anybody and in the end i just i always felt that the most loyal character was paulie walnuts well because so he's I got nothing say, else right i would like, say probably wouldn't do it yeah. I would I would agree with that. I mean, you yeah, know, he was he was he's 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 very loyal, and he was loyal to his father. And um, I don't think he's the kind of guy that yeah. it's, it's not all about the money for him. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, he was able to smother an old woman to death for uh, whatever <laughs> money she had under her mattress. True. But, but you know what? That was a that was that was year <laughs> that was obviously years of repressed anger because right. she she hated him as a child, you know, right. as a kid. True. So. That, plays in, that plays into Tony's safety because now Paulie Wallace doesn't need the money. 
right yeah, exactly. right right yeah um yeah i don't i don't think i think paulie walnuts doesn't have a lot of loyalty but he did but, have the whole storyline where he was going behind tony's back with johnny true. sag so i mean Mm. Yeah, but it, it's not the same as killing, killing Tony in, in Cold Blood, right? It's yeah. a very yeah, interesting yeah. Uh, world that they live in because, you know, that's the other thing that's so well uh, illustrated is that, you know, there's this structure, this mob structure, this mob family, but everybody's still on their, into their own thing. Everybody's still like hustling for something else on the oh, side. Yeah. And mm-hmm, if they yeah. think it's worth bringing in, they'll share it or whatever, but everybody's got something going on. And, uh, you know, like when they said the pussy in the episode, yeah, we're going to go uh, rob that truck. You want to come with us for old time's sake? What, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just, that's just something that came up. Like Christopher figured, right. that's just a job. It's not like they sit down and have a board meeting and go, well, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Right. They're just a bunch of criminals, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, that's why the question comes up, right? Because they all are right. sort of self-centered to a point and they talk about loyalty and they talk about this thing of ours and, and, and the oath they all took. But in the end, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess like, if I don't know if Polly Wallace spent time in jail at this point in the series instead of like flipping, but I guess that's a good test, right? If you're if you're gonna go to jail and not flip, then you probably wouldn't kill Tony for five hundred thousand. You know the greatest uh, the greatest line, or, or to put it in perspective, was which applies to this was that great line in Goodfellas when Henry Hill says, you know what they what the what they could never understand was that the mob was like the FBI for wise guys. It's yeah. like you got these. It's just this one organization where we can. We can monitor our own, but everybody's off being able to do whatever the fuck they want, you know. Right. But they're protected right. in right. their own. Yes, yes. Um, and they have their own sense of justice too, and right. all of that. They have their own rules, you know. You can't kill a made guy, of course. Mm-hmm. They do anyway. And that, well, <laughs> right. Yeah. But Paulie yeah. has to at least like convince himself that that's what he's buying into, and that's what he's like 100% going in on, right? Like because he's got, like you said it, Lou. He has nothing else. He's got no family. It's yes. just Tony. Right? Tony's, so, his, Tony's his guy, man. He's, yeah. he's like, he's, he would do anything. Yeah. Well, so with just over 3,000 votes, you're right. No, 100% he would not is leading with uh, 31% of the votes. So, wow. there you go. Oh, the people uh, know what they're talking about. That's all I got for fucking internet. <laughs> all Good right. Stuff. Good stuff. Good uh, stuff. Lou, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug to the fans? Gee. <laughs> uh, What's your, where can we find you on uh, social media? Yeah. Oh, uh, at Lou DiMaggio uh, on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook, Lou DiMaggio. Great. Nice. And remind everybody again, uh, the name of your documentary. Oh yeah, the doc is, um, and this is a perfect time to watch my doc because you have nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's on Amazon. It's called, Where Have You Gone, Lou DiMaggio? Remember, Where Have You Gone, Joe DiMaggio? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sounds and uh, if you like comedy, you like stand up, you like, uh, you know, famous comedians being interviewed uh check it out you'll love it uh guys as always you can find us uh at o sopranos pod on twitter and instagram or email us your thoughts concerns queries other times during the series that you've decided to jerk off at o sopranos pod at gmail.com let us know thank you for listening thank you lou for coming on this was a pleasure thank you thank you Thank fun. you. Oh. Good stop. Oh. 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 oh.
Welcome to BreezeLine, where next-level internet speeds means next-level productivity. Whether it's back to school, back to work, or back to reality, don't let slow internet slow you down. Instead, choose BreezeLine and go boss mode with next-level internet and faster speeds backed by a fiber-powered network so you can level up your day and champion every quest. Now that's BreezeLine. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more.